Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am a man on the edge with nothing to lose, and I'm going to get revenge for my dead wife. <laughs> and I'm a sweet girl who, uh, every time some, th- some location from Pittsburgh that I recognized came up on screen, I clapped. <laughs> I saw the Clemente Bridge and I clapped. There is a fun story about that that I'll save for the review, but yeah, uh, yeah. as soon as I saw that, I they, went, uh, oh shit. They mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned the Fort Pitt, Pitt Tunnel, and then they were smart enough to not show it, because that would have added an extra half hour to the movie <laughs> of like the them getting lost, and then like having to turn around and swing back through and try to get into the the correct lane to get to the part of the city they were trying to get to. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they did show the last five seconds of the tunnel, though, uh, which is like the best view of Pittsburgh, because that's like the way you come from the airport. And then it just kind of explodes into the entire city. And you're like, holy shit. It's great. But yeah, uh, get ready for random Pittsburgh facts this entire episode, <laughs> because there's a, a movie that takes place entirely within Pittsburgh, except for... Uh, maybe 20 minutes of it takes place roughly 70 miles north of Pittsburgh. So, around Caleb's area. Yeah, they left the city and it became winter. But we won't talk uh, about we'll that talk here. About, we'll talk about that movie <laughs> when it's time to do so. Uh, for right now, I need to tell you, uh, about my life and also ask you how you've been. Uh, so first, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, still coming down from the high of watching that much of Pittsburgh on uh, a screen vi- that's very large, but not the big screen that everyone so covets. I'm happy for you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I mentioned it, you know, a week or two ago, but I've been playing uh, Golden Sun mm. on the Game Boy Advance again, and uh, I finally figured out how the class system works in it. <laughs> So, <laughs> after all this time, later. yeah, well, I don't know, 20 years later, I think the t- 2001, I got that game for Christmas. Oh my. But, but yeah, it has a, basically like you get, um, they're called genies. You get like little creatures that are like raw concentrated elemental power that, uh, you can have like help your characters and stuff. And, like, I would always just stack all the ones that match each character's inherent element onto them Uh, and power them up that way. But, like, if you mix and match, that's how you get, like, different classes and, like, like different abilities that you can use in battle and stuff. So it's cool. I made uh, my one guy became a ninja because I I mix and matched a bunch of elements on him. And it's neat. Cool. It's a cool, fun, fun, cool game. I've been trying to get out 
more and like explore around Columbus, which is the new city where I live. Mm -hmm. So I took Vanessa on a, a date night last night. Uh, and I, I want to talk about the Easton Town Center, okay? Uh, which is like 15 minutes from my house. Imagine like the biggest fucking shopping mall you've ever been in and then okay. explode it out and make it like a whole neighborhood of just like shops and parks and restaurants and like everything you could imagine all sprawled out across like like two square miles. Huh. Uh, and that's the Easton Town Center. It's fucking awesome. It kind of reminds me of uh, South Point Mall here around where I am. Uh, it, it's a pretty big location. It has, like, you know, the main part of the mall, but then, like, down the down the lane a bit, there's the, there's the, uh, what the fuck? Out, not outlet, but, like, offshoot, and, like, plazas and shit where they got other stuff, and yeah. it's, it's a cool place. There's a... And they say it gets There's colder. Like a... <laughs> You're bundled up now. Wait till you get older. But the meteor men beg to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice cream skate is getting pretty thin. thin. World's on fire. I'm out of yours. That's the thing. I'll never get bored. Hey, now. You're an all-star. God, we're white. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I've told I've told the story. Well, maybe not on this podcast, but I told it actually multiple times that uh, my big... Uh, stupid fact that I have is that I own now that's what I call music one on cassette. Oh God. Yeah. Anyway, East Easton town center. There's a, there's a Lego store there, which like, Ooh, I'll, we didn't go into like, I'll have to swing back and check it out. At right. Some because point. you'd have been broke. Like we, we kind of just walked around and checked stuff out. Cause like, uh, we had a, we had a schedule to keep and I just wanted to kind of see, what was around uh but like the lego store has like a 12 to 15 foot tall uh giraffe on roller skates made out of duplo standing out front <laughs> which is kind of cool huh and then uh we had a gift certificate or like a gift card so i tried to go to the cheesecake factory but they said it was uh an hour wait time and i was like well that seems excessive uh so we went to an Irish pub instead, and uh, so that was pretty cool. There you go. I had an old fashioned, which like they, I think they used too much bitters in it. It was, uh, it was good, but it was, it was a very bitter drink, and like, uh, not as sweet as I would expect mm. from an old fashioned. But it's fine. It's a fine drink. It got me there, and then I had a a pint of cider to ride the wave out. There you go. Um, and then uh. The reason for us going there uh, was because we went to the AMC theater there, uh, which has an attraction called Dreamscapes, uh, which Dreamscapes is like an interactive virtual reality theater experience. So it's like uh, you go in, you put on like hand and foot sensors and like a backpack with a computer in it and a VR headset. And uh, there's like a few different experiences that you can go through uh with like different plots and stuff so like you know it'll it'll do like there will be physical objects in the room that you can interact with mm -hmm. and it does like an augmented reality type thing where you're like you're touching and feeling and moving things around but there's like uh it's all in video uh through your headset 
It was fucking awesome. Uh, there are four of these in the world. Uh, one of them is in Los Angeles. One of them is in Dallas, Texas. Uh, one of them is in the United Arab Emirates, and one just happens to be here in Columbus. I mean, we all know the one in the UAE is owned by some sheikh who owns like 100 million Maseratis. <laughs> I wonder if it's the Iron Sheik. Oh, man. I wish. He would make that VR unit humble. They they currently offer four different uh, experiences to go through in the VR. Each one takes about uh, 15 to 20 minutes. So, like, there's one where you learn... You learn how to ride a dragon with the uh, cast of DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, the, that's the only branded one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one called, like, Curse of the Lost Pearl or something. It's like you go through a Mayan ruin and, like, uh, you're, like, an Indiana Jones type disarming traps and things. There's one called the Blue Deep Rescue. Uh, where you do, like, a scuba dive and you have to rescue a, a blue whale uh, and reunite it with its family. And then there's one called Alien Zoo uh, where it, like, blasts you off in a spaceship and you see, like, all these crazy creatures and shit. I was really hoping you were going to say alien abduction. <laughs> if only. So the one we wanted to try was Alien Zoo, uh, which, like, we went... And got through everything in that and started it. And then I guess, like, Vanessa's VR gear, like, just shit the bed on her. Aww. So, like, she got to do it for, like, a minute and then, you know, had to leave. And, like, then I finished the whole thing. I was like, man, I hope my wife's okay. But, you know, I'm not going to not finish this kick-ass VR adventure that I'm in. Correct. Um, And there was, like, there was all kind of wild shit. Like, there was, like... These alien monsters like sneezing on you and shit, and they would spray water in your face, and it's like, ah, and like some got in my mouth, and that was really gross. So like we, I I got out from that and like went out to the lobby, and she was like, I got kicked out, and I was like, what the fuck did you do to get kicked out? And she was like, no, I mean like my my gear fucked up and it kicked me out of the game, and I was like, oh well, that's different. Uh, so like they gave us. Uh, passes to go to a different show. So she picked the 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 blue deep rescue, uh, and we went and saw sharks and seals and saved a whale. There you go. We saved the whales. We did it. The sea was angry um, that day, my friends. Yeah, and uh, oh, uh, I don't know. So I I got two for the price of one. My wife got one for the the price of one, I guess. Uh, but then they also because of our inconvenience, they gave us like two free tickets to come back and do it another time. Oh, there you go. So it's a three for two. Yeah. Or a two for two, uh, a two for one in her case and three for one for her, for your case. So it's like you're playing magic again with advantage. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. If you're ever in the Columbus, Dallas, Texas, Los Angeles, uh, or, Fucking, Friends uh, with a shake. Du- Dubai areas. Uh, check it out. It's, uh, it's really neat. Oh, man. Um, I just thought about this, but in uh, Furious 7, Paul Wa- it's possible that Paul Walker could have destroyed the VR unit as he was jumping through the three buildings. Oh, my God. There was a non-zero chance that he did such a thing. <laughs> uh, 
I, I know it's like still pretty early in the game for this, but like whenever my company decides to promote me again and they want me to move somewhere, I might not want to leave Columbus, which might lead to me just quitting and finding a job here. Yeah. Because I, uh, I, I really like Columbus. It's a cool place. There you go. It's, uh, I don't know, I never really saw myself as, like, you know, one of, one of them there city folks, but, uh, I'm really enjoying my time here, so. Yeah, yeah, that's how, exactly how I felt with Pittsburgh, like, when I started working, working downtown in Pittsburgh is, like, was, like, a fucking treat for me, and now I work yeah. on the outskirts of a city, and it makes me sad, because, uh, I hated doing that, like, uh, <laughs> there was, a my, my job before this, I, you know, mainly worked, like, 30 minutes from from out of town, like 10 minutes from where I lived. And like, oh, that's nice because I'm going in the opposite direction of traffic. But then they were like, all right, we want you to split time between downtown and here. And I just went, thank God, because I love Pittsburgh. I love going to the city so much. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I adore Pittsburgh and miss it very much. But like, oh, no, I'm not I saying know, that. It's, uh, I never really. uh I never went to Pittsburgh enough to really form like a deep attachment with it. Like sure. you, you lived right there, right so there. like you were in the city all the time. But for my part, like yeah, I would I would visit once in a while. But yeah, like and I'm not I'm not like being like, hey, you should have done that with Pittsburgh. Why don't you have more of an attachment to Pittsburgh? It's more like yeah, the city's <laughs> the city's great, man. I love I love cities. If it was affordable to live in cities, I would. But unfortunately, uh, rent is astronomical in cities, and therefore is untenable. Yeah, it's, uh, even, like, where I'm at, which is, like, a suburb, basically, um, but it's, like, a suburb that's developing very rapidly, um, my rent's, like, close to 1200 a month. What's the square footage, though? About a thousand. Oh, oh, no. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great, Bob. I do like my apartment, though. Like, there's there's a lot more uh, than just, like, the apartment itself here, I guess. So, yeah, I like it for what it is. Okay. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, now that you're done blowing Columbus, I, I guess it's time to get into the meat of the show and start it off and kick everything off and talk all about what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Well, I'm glad that you asked, Dan. Uh, I am having a Diet Dr. Pepper and Jim Beam Devil's Cut. I'll have you know, I nearly did the same thing. I nearly also made a a Sandy Kaminsky, but I've also had two Diet Dr. Peppers today. (laughs) And a coffee, so I'm, like, caffeined out for the day. Uh, so I didn't do yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't have, um, didn't have any Fireball, but, uh, I I tried it with the Jim Beam the other day. I was like, huh, I wonder how this would be. Uh, actually, the, the 23 flavors of the Diet Dr. Pepper really bring out some, some subtle notes of the bourbon that I, you know, missed at first. Interesting. It's, uh, it's not a bad little drink. As Sandy Kaminsky, onto something. Uh, well, as for me, I again steeped vodka and ginger uh, and jalapeno, uh, and it turned out 
Uh, okay. This one's deep probably a little bit too long. The jalapeno is very forward. Uh, also, I probably could have used more ginger in it, but hey, uh, we all make mistakes. And we got happy accidents. It's okay. It's still drinkable. Uh, I drank like four last night as we were playing Commander uh, and got very drunk and started being belligerent towards Bill, uh, which <laughs> is not any different than normal, but... Yeah, that was fun. That was fun for me, watching uh, Mom and Dad fight again. All I want you to know is that Bill's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Doesn't let me play my game, and he's the worst. Uh, speaking of Bill and Magic the Gathering, uh, Stacking Triggers is a Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, this week we talked about potpourri, uh, in that we talked about whatever fucking came to our minds. Uh, it's, you know, ADHD, the episode. <laughs> I really just didn't want to play in anything. Uh, so you're welcome. It's just an episode of me talking to my boys. That's true. You you can never go wrong with talking with the boys. So, yeah. And then uh, fu- uh, our Discord. Uh, go join that. Link is in the show notes. Uh, we're active there, actually. I'm surprised at how active we are. Mainly because you and I try to force conversations, but still, we're active there. Yeah. So many activities. Uh, and then finally... We got featured in a magazine, Caleb. Uh, M from Verbal Diorama writes for the Film Stories magazine and uh, shared an excerpt of uh, our, her little podcast recommendation corner. And we were featured this month, so thank you, M, for being nice and suggesting us uh, suggesting us to people in Britain, uh, to which I say, uh, Dick Van Dyke is an asshole. Yeah, uh, and to which I say... Uh... Hello, Governor. You, you bloody twats, get in here and listen to this uh, fucking show. Uh, football, Man- by which I mean soccer. Manchester United. If you're not a mank, you're a wank. I don't know what that means. I don't think anyone knows what that means. <laughs> uh, thank you for putting us in your magazine. It was the dog's bollocks. Uh huh. Okay. Well, uh. Doctor Who spotted tea. Lovely, isn't it? Uh, uh, we've now lost every one of our British listeners. Great, we did it. Uh, that, <laughs> I guess it's just time to talk about some <laughs> fucking news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Never Have I Ever has been renewed for a third season, kicking it off with some good news. We like that show. Yeah, it's a great show. Well, it's a great show. Uh, trying to remember exactly when it came out. I think it was roughly a month ago, so that's a pretty quick renewal. Uh, it's almost like they were negotiating it the whole time after production wrapped and everything was everything was done. And then they were like, hey, let's make it official now that it's been 28 days. July 15th, so yeah, roughly, roughly about that, that timeline, so. Yeah, uh, exciting. Not everything gets yeah. cancelled. Uh, okay. Our next story is that uh, Lauren S. Hithrich, creator and showrunner of The Witcher, has signed an overall output deal with Netflix. Uh, Hithrich has worked with Netflix on series such as Daredevil, The Defenders, and The Umbrella Academy as a writer and executive producer before Netflix gave her the keys 
to the Witcher franchise. I don't know why this capitalized in the document. Thank you, Spellcheck. Uh, Caleb, what do you think about this? Seems cool. It's, I don't know, like, any time a story like this is out, it's like, we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. It's nice that, you know, they're continuing to employ the, the people who have been working for them. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, my my snarky response to this was uh, more like Lauren S. Her rich. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a BoJack Horseman tear joke. Thank you. By which I mean like the bad stand-up shit that BoJack tries to do. Does Does anyone get my very clever joke? All right, and yes. our final story uh, is probably the one that actually has the most substance to it uh, and the one that affects you most notably. Uh, the Russo brothers have exited the Magic the Gathering project on Netflix due to creative differences. So Netflix has called up Jeff Klein, most notably of Transformers Prime and Jackie Chan Adventures, to head up the new creative team on the project. Hooray, question mark? I don't know. I like... Uh... I got excited that I saw Jackie Chan Adventures, so, um, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, everyone was reporting on Transformers Prime, so I just went Transformers Prime, but then I researched into what Jeff Klein had also done, and he did Jackie Chan Adventures, and I'm like, oh, that was a fun show from my childhood. It was. They had the collect the talismans. They had I can't remember what the fucking bad guy's name is, but then they had uh, Toru, who was the fucking uh, the sumo. muscle, and then he joined yeah. their side and he helped do the magic for for Uncle. And then you had the one more thing, and then the two fingers smacked to the head. One more thing, and the two fingers smacked to the head, and. It wasn't Jackie Chan voicing Jackie Chan, but they had Jackie Chan actually do live-action promos for his show. <laughs> it was great. Uh, what a show. And then they switched up the formula in season two by not making talismans, but all, but also having uh, like eight other things they had to run around and collect. You remember the conceit of that show was basically like the talismans went to the most noble of those animals. So like there was a noble pig, a noble chicken... Like, and all this stupid shit, and it's like, what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> there was also a show that, like, it was, uh, like, way more campy, but had kind of a similar vibe called, uh, Shaolin Showdown. Did you ever I, see that or remember that? I do remember Shaolin Showdown. Yeah. I don't think that show ever had, completed, uh, though. I don't, no, nah, it got canceled, but, uh... It was it was kind of neat. They would have to collect like other MacGuffins, but each one had like special powers, and you could combine and use them in interesting ways. Yeah. It was just a neat show about people fighting over, essentially fighting over various superpowers. Yeah, temporary superpowers. I remember the Orb of Tornami most uh, vividly. The Mantis Flip Coin. Oh yeah, and the. Th uh, the other one that sticks out for me for whatever reason was called the Third Arm Sash. Oh my which was god! Just a, a belt that you wore that acted as a third arm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I randomly like thought of that show one time, 
and made that item as a magic item in one of my D&D games. There you go. Yeah. Show is fun. Yeah. Bring back that show. Netflix, save Shell and Shift. <laughs> they're about to save Manifest, apparently. So if they're going to save Manifest, uh, save a, a show that people will remember fondly. Are they calling it Manifest Destiny? I'm sorry. I mean, maybe. Shaolin Showdown, uh, a follow-up series, Shaolin Chronicle, pre- previewed on August 26, 2013 on Disney XD. It began its long-term run on September 14th of the same year, but only ran for one season and 26 episodes. Later ending on Netflix. Excuse me, what? What? Excuse me, what? It ended on Netflix? What? Why don't I remember that? I've never heard of it. Well, I knew they I knew they did it like the, the follow-up series. I didn't know it ended on Netflix. Huh. Well, all I want now is them to reboot it because they t- they totally could. Uh, it's true. All right. Um, let's stop talking about that and start talking about some trailers in downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. Our first trailer is for "Open Your Eyes." Uh, after a tragic accident, an amnesiac teen tries to rebuild her memory at a memory disorder center, but becomes suspicious of her unconventional treatment. Do you remember who you are? Open Your Eyes premieres August 25th, 2021. Stop releasing shit on my birthday, please, and thank you. Yes, that's right. This episode comes out the day before my birthday. A- AKA, everybody who's listening to this episode, go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts as a free birthday gift. <laughs> Uh, what'd you think? Mm, I don't know. It's a spooky uh-huh. mental institution show. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember this trailer, and I watched it maybe an hour and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it looks fine. I guess I don't know. It's not really my cup of tea. No. Here's what. Here's my guess. It's gonna be a show that goes on for like eight episodes. But it's only going on for eight episodes because they drag out the side storylines of other characters uh, to pad around the fact that the main character has their own storyline that uh, can easily be solved within a two-hour movie. What I'm what I'm ultimately saying is this is the new Chambers. Yeah. Does that, anybody that else remember Chambers? <laughs> I thought you were the only person who watched it. I I might have been. <laughs> That show was, show was fine. It would have worked better as a two-hour movie, but instead they wanted to have all of these secondary characters that didn't fucking matter. All we wanted to know is why does this girl have visions of her weird heart after her weird heart transplant? Chambers sounds like it should be a show about a sexy female judge. <laughs> I'll see you in my chambers. <laughs> Single female lawyer having lots of sex. All right. I'll take this next one. Our next trailer is for Afterlife of the Party. Social Butterfly. Uh, oh, my God. I can't fucking speak tonight. Social blutter, Butterfly. I'm just keeping it. <laughs> Cassie experiences the biggest party foul of all, dying during her birthday weekend. Boy, we all wish we could do that. To her surprise, she's gifted a second chance to right her wrongs on Earth by reconnecting with loved ones and, most importantly, prove that she's worthy enough to get into the big VIP room in the sky. Just say fucking heaven. Just, just, <laughs> just fucking say it. 
comes out. I don't care. Caleb, do you care? Because I'm I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Uh, I'm so happy that Victoria Justice is back. Victoria Justice is back. <laughs> Jimmy Smits. Uh, I don't know. It looks fine for people who are into this kind of thing. It's a th- it lo- I won't judge you harshly for it. It looks like a, a teen throwaway thing. Although I want it to, like, when she dies, I want it to be, like, horribly, horribly out of place and gory. <laughs> like, like, that, like, that's the most yeah, haunting part of the movie. I want it to be, movie. like, the fucking... Because she, like, falls and smacks her head off the toilet yeah. in, like, Million Dollar Babies herself, I guess. Uh, spoilers. But, like, I want it to be, like, in fucking... Um... <laughs> Million Dollar Baby. Oh, God. What the fuck? We just watched it not long ago. The zombie Vegas movie, City of the Dead? Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead? That was a movie that I totally remember, I guess. Um, now I'm flashing like, back I like the it, entire I want movie it to be like the, the neck bone popping out scene from that. <laughs> uh, why, am I, why am I struggling to remember that one? When the, zo- the zombie twists the girl's head the whole way around and the fucking spinal cord pops out through her neck skin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where nothing happened in the movie for about 45 minutes, and then all of a sudden that happens. You're like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, like you said, this looks fine. Uh, it looks like a teen stupid thing, and maybe I'll watch it if I feel like falling in the bathroom and hitting my head on the toilet. Uh, next is a teaser trailer that's 30 seconds long for Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Beyond the iconic hair, soothing voice, and nostalgic paintings lies a mystery that many have yet to discover. Uh, Bob Ross brought joy to millions as the world's most famous art instructor, but a battle for his business empire casts a shadow over his happy trees. This isn't like the most clickbaity thing mm-hmm. ever, because it's just real short, doesn't tell you anything. It's like, hey, Bob Ross is somebody that people care about, and... We're going to tell you about how he's a piece of shit or something, I guess. But it's probably not going to turn out to be that. Yeah. My, because, like, they say in the trailer, like, hey, we wanted to show you the trailer, but we can't. And we'll tell you why on August 25th. So keep your eyes peeled to Netflix's Twitter account or our Twitter account uh, on August 25th. And uh, you'll find out why. We can't tell you why, because our, our publicity team told us that, like, the only way people are going to watch this is if we make it all extra hoary and mysterious. So it's either clickbaity or, like, it's for one of two things. It's either going to be an actual documentary about, like, awful shit that's happened to, like, not Bob Ross, but, like, the show after he passed. So, like, with the the rights and, and shit like that. Or... It's just like, hey, Bob Bob Ross is a nice man. He has no scandals. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Our next trailer is for Turning Point, 9-11 and the War on Terror. Uh, This is fucking prescient as fuck. Uh, Modern history can be divided into two time frames, before 9-11 and after 9-11. This five-part docuseries from director Brian... Nappenberger is a cohesive chronicle of of the September 11th, 2001 attacks on the U.S., offering illuminating perspectives and personal stories of how the catastrophic events of that day changed the course of the nation. From the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in 1979 to the country's breathtaking collapse back in the... 
back into the hands of the Taliban just weeks before the 20th century, or I'm sorry, uh, into the 20 into the hands of the Taliban just weeks before the 20th anniversary of the attack. History continues to be made. Uh, yes, because history continues to happen because history is a living, breathing thing uh, as you experience it. <laughs> uh, so, Caleb, what do you think? It's a docu-series about the most important historical event of our generation. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's I lived it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I've already lived it. I don't know how interested I am in reliving it. But yeah, I don't know. It looks well made, and mm-hmm. it actually like is putting it in historical context. Like, uh, you know, the the Russian invasion of Afghanistan, and kind of how that led to like the genesis of the um the Taliban and like Islamic terrorism. Yeah, like ex- extremist and Islamic or whatever, whatever the fuck. Yeah, that part will be interesting because that's something I'd like to revisit in history because I need yeah. more education on that. But yeah, pretty pretty much after that, it's like 9-11 hits and it's like, I know history from that point. Like, it, I have a very vivid memory. That's the plot of Rambo 3, where Rambo goes to uh, help the, well, they were called the Mujahideen at the time, uh, the, the, the group that would become the Taliban, uh, help them fight off the Soviets. Uh, but what that <laughs> Hollywood film uh, glosses over is the fact that, like, you know, they were like, hey, this is pretty cool that, like, you gave us missiles and guns and stuff, but maybe you could, like, help us rebuild our country and, uh, like, not just leave us to the warlords that are going to sweep in and take over. Uh, and America was like, nope, we stopped communism, so you're on your own. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure this will never come back to haunt us. All right, next trailer is for Blood Brothers, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali. Uh, Blood Brothers tells the extraordinary and ultimately tragic story of the friendship between two of the most iconic figures of the 20th century, Muhammad Ali, the greatest boxer of all time, and Malcolm X, the Nation of Islam's and Black America's most incendiary and charismatic leader. This was the unlikeliest of friendships, the brash Olympic champion who spoke in verse to the amusement of the white press, and the ex-con intellectual-turned-revolutionary who rallied against the evils of white oppression and dismissed sports as a triviality. Uh, But their bond was deep, their friendship real. From a chance meeting to a tragic fallout, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali's extraordinary bond cracks under the weight of distrust and shifting ideals. Yeah, this looks looks really interesting to me. Yeah. This is a, a period of history that I didn't live through. And am interested in learning about. So interesting timing on it because Regina King just did One Night in Miami, which actually centers around like Muhammad Ali winning, or at the at that time Cassius Clay winning the uh, heavyweight championship of the world in boxing, uh, and then him, uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad, him, Malcolm X, uh, fuck, why am I for spacing on names here? Jim Brown and who is the same? Sam Cooke. There we go. Got them all. Uh, spending a night in Miami and just talking about like their experiences and then uh, being black in America and being famous in black in America. So uh, I, I think that be- like that highlights a bit of like the initial cracks of their friendship. 
because uh, at that point, uh, Cassius Clay had not become uh, Muslim yet, and he hadn't joined the Nation of Islam. Uh, and it kind of set, sets the seeds for their eventual dis- dissolution of their friendship. So this will, I guess, take a, a more wide-scope sc- look at like that whole thing, that whole saga. Yeah. All right, and finally, uh, we've got a trailer for a movie called Night Books. Uh, when Alex, a boy obsessed with scary stories, is trapped by an evil witch, uh, played by Kristen Ritter, in her magical apartment, uh, and must tell a scary story every night to stay alive, he teams up with another prisoner, Yasmin, to find a way to escape. Uh, don't trust the witch in apartment 23. Dan, what did you think of Nightbook's uh, official trailer? <laughs> it's a, it's a movie. I don't know, man. Uh, it looks fine. Like it's it's interesting to see uh, Kristen Ritter back, because basically she uh, quit acting after Jessica Jones. Like I don't remember seeing or hearing about her in anything after Jessica Jones. Now yeah. I know she got pregnant and had a kid, so that's probably the big factor. But uh, it, it's nice to see her back on on the screen. Yeah. The trailer showed Sam Raimi's name, and a bunch of adults suddenly became interested, I guess. That's true, but again, it's one of those, like, produced by Sam Raimi, so it's like, oh. So it it has, he has no creative bearing on it whatsoever, really. Yeah. I don't know, it's, uh, it looks like something kind of... Maybe in between uh, the Goosebumps movie and the Fear Street movies for, like, targeted age bracket, I guess. Sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. It's not one of my, like, immediate get-to lists, that's for sure. Alright. Speaking of immediately getting to things, let's uh, do quick hits. Dan, did you watch anything noteworthy or mentionable this week? I did. However, uh, Ashley is here because she watched something more pertinent because we talked about it last week. So, Ashley, here, talk to Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Hello, friend. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So I told Dan that I didn't really need to come in here to expound upon this, but they released the first four episodes of season seven of Grace and Frankie, and I watched them. In fact, I actually started watching, I think I picked up from season four and just watched all of that because I had forgotten some of where they left off. So yeah, it's good. It's more of the same. Uh, It like... It's a four-episode arc, so it leaves on a nice little cliffhanger that leaves you wanting more, but it's it's Grace and Frankie. It's fucking awesome. If you're not watching it, you should be. Was Jane Fonda able to stand up off of the toilet? Uh, they didn't focus on that part of it. I don't want to give any spoilers, because I know you <laughs> like the show. I'll just say that, like, it picks up from where it left off. Like, I think season six leaves off with Saul and Robert showing up at Grace and Frankie's beach house because the rise up, like, exploded and overflowed and flooded their house. And then, like, <laughs> Nick got carted off to jail and Mallory got 
took the job above Brianna. So it just kind of like picks up from all that stuff. And yeah, it goes on for four episodes and it's exactly what you would expect. It hasn't, you know, let off the gas at all. It's just good old Grace and Frankie. It's the good old, good old show. I fucking love those old ladies. Yeah. I adore them. So since since Dan had you come in and to talk about it, uh, this four episodes of a show that came out, um, <laughs> please tell me about it in exhausting detail for uh, the next hour and a half. So, okay, so then the episode season opens on a wedding cake and it gets smashed down the middle and it plays uh, stuck in the middle with you. And then yada, yada, yada ends after the fourth episode. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a good trip. I don't know. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast today. You yada, yada, yada. Remember the best part. (laughs) I love that idiot. I don't got nothing else, man. Oh, that's not true. They also added extra episodes of Love is Blind. They did like a two-year anniversary party to catch you up with where we left off with everybody. Oh, my God. And I watched it. I wish I hadn't. Was love truly blind in the end? Uh, uh, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> Is anything ever really blind? Probably. Blind people, you know. I feel like I'm digging a deep hole here. Insensitive. That's me, capital I. But that's it for Ashley's TV corner of Netflix. I don't know, man. You got any other questions? Read any good books lately? Yeah, I've been reading a lot lately. I've been reading this uh, red ser- or this series called The Red Queen. I think that's what it's called. Each book has a different um, like name, but it reminded me a lot of what was that fucking TV show that you hated with the people on that ship and they had to cross through like that <laughs> dark spot, and the one lady had like the sun power. Oh, Shadow and Bone. Yeah, it the premise is very Shadow and Bone, but they actually don't fuck it up. But it's it's got <laughs> a very similar show premise. You with the people. <laughs> it's it's similar to that in setup, and then execution is obviously way different. That's it. I got nothing else. Dan, come take these headphones. I'm done. <laughs> you can take them off your own head. No, you have to do it for me. I'm just a dumb woman. That's true. Bye, Caleb. Goodbye forever. He said bye forever. Bye forever! Alright, since one half of my house already talked enough, uh, why don't you tell me what you watched this week? I have nothing to add other than I was just watching some some BoJack episodes with Vanessa and that... Just uh, going through that again. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff that I forgot about in season four, so... Uh, we just watched Free Churro, which is... Uh, still probably one of my favorite episodes of television ever, because it's just a half hour of uh, Will Arnett doing a monologue. Big true. Or, uh, as they would say in BoJack Horseman, true dat. As a wise woman once said, suck a dick, dumb shits. Alright, well, uh, I'm gonna go out of order with how I wrote here. I'm actually gonna go backwards. So, uh, I watched a couple episodes of Shaman King. Uh... I remember watching this, like, this was on the, like, the same block as, like, Jackie Chan Adventures, Shaolin Showdown, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Of, like, on, like, Kids WB, Saturday mornings. And I was like, oh, I remember that show. I wonder how it's aged. 
Uh, and the answer is, eh, it, it's okay. Uh, notably, these episodes are about three minutes longer than the episodes before. Uh, like, as, as kids, there's more blood because, you know, they don't give a fuck anymore. So they're just like, here's blood and swearing. Hey, kids, are you tired of playing the latest high-tech video games with realistic blood and tits? <laughs> but, I don't know, man. It's, uh... It's a show. I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably done. Wa- I've only watched two episodes, and I'm probably already done. I- I'm giving up already, because, like... I only watched the second episode, because I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess I am watching this. And then I just put, put it on, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I don't care. Well, if you don't care, how do you expect me to care? Uh, that's my secret, Caleb. I don't. <laughs> uh, then... Because you brought it up, because you saw it in a Reddit thread, I've watched Airplane vs. Volcano. But why? Well, so I guess there are now two questions. Uh, One, the first question being, uh, Dan, that isn't on Netflix. Why are you talking about it? Uh, Because it it, it goes back through the lore of Netflix and Swill. It's one of the first cautionary tales of Netflix we ever did. It was like in the first 20 or so that we did. Uh, when we became bad movie connoisseurs. And uh, it's just as bad, uh, although I laughed a lot more instead of just being mad the whole time, because uh, now I've gained a new appreciation. Uh, it, it's an asylum mm-hmm. movie starring Dean Kane and nobody else that you know of. Uh, there's a Matthew Mercer in it who isn't the Matt Mercer that anyone cares about. So... There's that. Ah, it's a bad. It's bad. Uh, the the colonel who's like the the guy being like, no, we can't. And this is literally his delivery. No, I can't send any of my men in there to die. I won't let them do that. I won't sacrifice my men to die to save these people. That's how bad his acting is. Uh, and then the end of the movie is basically just Independence Day. Because like they're flying the plane. Do they nuke the volcano? Actually, kind of. They uh, put a shit ton of explosives on on the 747, and then Dean Kane's like, well, my family's already dead, uh, so I'm just, like, gonna fly into the <laughs> Tell volcano. Tell my children that I love them very much. Except he can't, because they're dead. Uh, also, like, uh, <laughs> they, they do the call-out thing from, you know, like, Star Wars Independence Day, where it's like, you know, uh, Red Wing 1 standing by, Red Wing 3 standing by. <laughs> Red Wing 5, standing by. Simply Red, standing by. Bread Stick, standing by. Red Fox, standing by. <laughs> I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's, it's a fucking bad movie, man. Like, it's an asylum movie that, that should be implied if you know anything about them, and if you don't know anything about them. Uh, I actually think this is a fun starting point. Just make sure, like... You're watching it with people who also appreciate bad movies, uh, and you can all laugh along with it. Uh, and then finally, I watched Beckett, starring John David Washington. And I really mean it's starring John David Washington. Like, Alicia Vikander's in it for all of maybe ten minutes uh, before her character uh, dies. So, uh, general gist is that uh, John David Washington and Alicia Vikander are traveling through Greece. Uh, he falls asleep at the wheel uh, at nighttime, dry- drifts off the fucking road. Uh, Gets in a car accident, uh, which kills her because she wasn't wearing her seatbelt because she fell asleep sideways in her seat. So she's ejected from the car and immediately killed. He has a seatbelt on, uh, has a very bad, like, seatbelt bruise, 
uh, but is alive. So PSA, wear your fucking seatbelts. Uh, and then he discovers uh, a a fucking plot uh, to for like political things. Like there's this guy who I guess is going to become the new prime minister, except like his nephew's been kidnapped, and that's supposed to make him look bad because his nephew got kidnapped. And it's like, uh huh, that's how that works. <laughs> what an idiot can't even protect his family. Don Toretto comes out of the woodwork. You can't protect family. You don't deserve being power. And then he kills him. I was intrigued by it for the first hour. And then, because it's an hour and 40 minute movie, it's like a, about 100 minutes, which is the appropriate amount of time for like a thriller like this. But uh, a thing happens about an hour in, and it's just like, oh, well, you've written yourself into a corner. How do you get out of this corner? Uh, poorly is how they get out of it. Uh, so the movie can continue for 40 minutes. And that's it. Uh, John David Washington's okay. I think his best stuff is actually in the beginning of the movie. But, uh... It's, uh, yeah, a lot of people were saying it's bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, I, I titled it as Mechit. As in Mechit. Get it? Oh, uh, I do. It, it's a two and a half. Okay. Anything else? Um, I mean, Ashley's been watching Dawson's Creek, and I've been popping in and out. Uh, from that, and uh, her crush on Joshua Jackson, which I just look at Joshua Jackson every time on the screen and just go, but why, though? <laughs> She's like, I love Pacey, and I'm just like, okay. Uh, so, but that's it. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our main topic for the week. Uh, Sweet Girl uh, with Aquaman. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam, the Hurley boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joe Star family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main interview topic for the week. Sweet Girl! Uh, Sweet Girl is a new action drama thriller film from Netflix. It's a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it's not to be confused with Tall Girl. Uh, a devastated husband vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's death while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. Uh, stars Jason Momoa as an angry man. 
Dan, did what did you think of the Sweet Girl? All right, let me get this out of the way first, because uh, it really didn't affect the way I thought of the movie uh, after finishing it. But my God, this movie is unapologetically Pittsburgh, and I fucking love it. The only thing that was missing <laughs> was Momoa doing a Pittsburghese accent. And in that yeah. case, I kind of wish it was uh, Joe Manganiello doing its Pittsburghese accent instead, uh, so everyone on planet Earth can understand how sonically fucking terrible that accent is. Uh, also, the the girl in it is Dora the Explorer, who's not sexy enough, according to that one reviewer. <laughs> so there's a couple things, also regarding Pittsburgh. So give give me a moment with that. So you and I, uh, well, actually, I should, I should lay the scene. So you got married, uh, and I was your best man, so you left me in charge. So uh, we, of course, did a bachelor party in Pittsburgh because, you know, me and my love affair. So we're going to a Pirates game because that's the thing to do at the time. And I'm putting up Netflix and Swill stickers fucking everywhere. Like, uh, I put them in, like, one stairwell of a parking lot, and my friend Dom saw it one one week, like... A couple weeks after we had done that, and he's like, did you guys do this? I'm like, fuck yeah, I can't believe that's still there. Uh, and on the Clemente Bridge, we were doing that too. So there's a, a sequence where Jason uh, Momoa... By we, you mean you. By me, by we, I mean me. And then Bill would be like behind me and like give the second application to make sure they would stick. <laughs> so I don't know when this filmed. I'm going to assume 2019, maybe even parts of 2020. But... Based off of that, there is a non-zero chance that when Jason Momoa was running across the Clemente Bridge, that a Netflix and Swole sticker was, in fact, in Sweet Girl. <laughs> so just think about that. Uh, as for the movie, it's fine. Uh, it's, it might even be uh, below average, because, like, I don't know, man. Action was okay. There's a lot of, like, dawdling and a lot of, like, conspiracy shit. And I don't know if Jason Momoa's really handled to do that kind of a thing. Because, you know, he, there's that scene where his wife dies of cancer and he, like, breaks down crying. And you look at him, you're like, oh, my, he's going for it. And then he continues going for it. Like, oh, my God, he's really going for it. Uh, so, like, I don't think it's very interesting. I don't think it's very fun or action-packed. I, I, I just think it's a movie that I watched that... uh I got more of a kick of out of the FBI agent saying her number began with a 412 than anything that actually happened in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. It's kind of a... I don't know. Kind of a cookie-cutter action. Like, you know, the bad guy is a faceless corporation. Mm -hmm. Just kind of a movie of the week type deal. Um, Big Pharma. It's it's a thing. Americans should be scared of it. Pharmaceutical companies will kill you. Don't take the COVID vaccine. Uh, vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, gun violence. America. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... I guess it was nice seeing Justin Bartha back doing something, having a career of some some kind after National Treasure and the Hangover movies. 
but him is like the CEO was like, okay, yeah, I'm with that. And then it's like, hey, the conspiracy goes deeper, and it's like, Big Pharma's fucking evil. They'll hire hitmen and have protection people because they're the worst, and they'll pull drugs off the market because they want to make more money. <sighs> Sigh. It's a very standard movie revenge plot that, uh, unfortunately, falls into the trap of some years earlier, and then... 24 months later, and then six months later, because you just can't start at the beginning. Yeah. And and that was the thing with this movie, too, is watching it as, like, the Spongebob joke, where it's, like, three years later. And does it, like, four times? Yeah, all in, like, the first ten minutes, too, and it's like, oh, so you're just making it difficult for me to even get into the movie. And, like, I guess I understand why they started where they started to begin with. Because reasons we'll get into. There, there's one big spoiler for the movie that sort of made me go, oh shit. I mean, I knew about that, but oh shit, I can't believe they went there. Oh shit. It's a twist. M. Night Shyamalan directs Sweet Girl. I don't know. Uh, Momoa's fine. Is- Isabella Merced is fine. Everybody else is like hand-wringing villain-type person thing. And it's like, okay, so it's just cliched and doesn't do much. And, it, you know, we all got hyped up for no fucking reason. Well, I should say, I got all hyped up for no fucking reason. So uh, what would you give Sweet Girl before we get into spoilers? The one spoiler for the movie. Uh, it's a two and a half. That is the correct answer. It is two and a half. Uh, and with that, it's time to jump into spoilers. So uh, if you want to listen to our patron requested review of uh, America, the motion picture, please check the show notes for the timestamps to that. Otherwise, continue listening uh, as we'll get to that eventually. Thank Let you. me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right. The the twist is that Jason Momoa died during the the fucking attack at the beginning of the movie where he gets fucked up on the T, which uh, <laughs> yes, I freaked out a bit that they were having a fight sequence on the fucking T. What's the T? Uh, that's their light rail system that, oh. uh, goes from eastern suburbs of the city to all the way, like, behind PNC Park. Or actually, all the okay. way behind Heinz Field. See, I, uh, I, I never, uh, like went on that anytime I was in Pittsburgh and wasn't really aware that uh, there was like a, a train system in Pittsburgh. So yeah. well, it's interesting. It's, it's a shitty train system because it only, it's very limited to where it goes. Like I feel like the T would actually be useful if it, you know, was a real subway system similar to like a real fucking city, like nah. New York or something. I've been on the incline. And we saw some inclines. They were they were all lit up. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah, for people who uh, have never been to Pittsburgh, there's like basically a mountain like in the middle of the city. Uh, so there's 
an incline that you can it's like a like a cable car that uh scales the side of the mountain you can ride up and down yeah and you can and it's actually a, a real mode of transport like people actually use that to get to and fro work uh there there are yeah. parking lots at the bottom of them that you can do you know day parking through uh but yeah like the t i used a few times because like I would get off at the bus, like uh, at the one bus terminal, and then I'd walk to the T station, get on the T, and then uh, I had to cross the river. And especially in like the wintertime, I don't want to cross the river over the bridge, you know, in my human skin, uh, and instead went under underground and under the river uh, in order to, to do such things. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, Momoa dies, and then uh, it turns out everything has been uh, all told from the perspe- perspective of Isabella Merced, who has, like, dissociative identity disorder uh, and thinks she's her dad for some fucking reason. Yeah. And then, like, at the end of the movie, she kills a bunch of people extrajudiciously and then just, like, goes off into the into the wide world with her untreated psychosis. And they they try to tie it all back together thematically, where, like, she's like, you know, parenthood's like, where you don't know where your child ends, and then Jason Momoa comes in with some voiceovers, like, and where your your parents begin, and it's like, what? But what? (laughs) Okay, sure. It was dumb, it was stupid, I kind of fucking hated it. But, like, in the moment when it was revealed that she was actually... Because they, they fucking take forever to even do the reveal in the first place. It's like, your name is R- Ray Cooper. And her her dad had been calling her Ray the entire time. And so, like, I didn't think of it until that one. I'm like, oh, shit. I figured they would go in this kind of direction, but I never thought they'd be stupid enough to do it. Yeah, and that's why, like... Because uh, Momoa's always like, hey, you can't come with me to kill these guys. And she's like, I have to. And then he's like, well, I guess you are. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is actually true. Be- being that, you know, I-, I freaked out and yelled at Ashley. Well, yelled to Ashley, basically like, look at this. I know where that is. This is this is crazy. That they're here. Also, they never show where they lived. And I wanted to see where they lived. because. Uh, when the when the reporter who I'm just assuming is supposed to be a facsimile of Rob Rossi and was very excited when Rob Rossi was killed, uh, I was like, okay, he wants him to get to the T station in 20 minutes, but it's like, uh, almost getting dark out, uh, and that's going to be fucking impossible from any normal place in the city. So I would I want to know where this man lives, uh, and unfortunately we never saw it. Yeah. I. Is is there anything else you want to say about the movie? Not really. I'm just uh just kind of bored with thinking about the movie, so I'm looking through things that I have on my desk. Uh and one of them is a uh uh a D&D adventure that I bought from my local game store cuz it looked stupid. Uh, that we should play sometime okay. called Valor Palace of the Disco Emperor. Oh, I was going to ask, is it Dungeon Module C7 Evolving Wilds? Yeah. Apparently you have to fight the Blues Brothers. That sounds fantastic. 
<laughs> and there's a beholder that looks like a disco ball. Yeah, looks great. If we ever play this, you have to be Cadillac. Oh, I mean, of course. Come on. <laughs> Who else am I going to be? <laughs> also, I see you got so bored that you went into our private Discord and went, what's my rank? Yeah. <laughs> uh, stupid. All right. So with that, uh, it's time to move into our patron requested review for the week. And this comes from uh, co-host of Stacking Triggers, Bill. To talk about fucking America, the motion picture. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patreon review segment. Yeah, this is a animated action adventure movie it's a 5.7 out of 10 so uh objectively better than sweet girl yeah uh a chainsaw wielding george washington teams with beer loving bro sam adams to take down the brits in a tongue-in-cheek riff on the american revolution uh from the founding fathers of archer spider-man into the spider-verse the expendables and magic mike uh stars channing tatum uh who i have no feelings towards one way or the other. Uh, Jason Manzukas, which I can tolerate him in small amounts. Uh, Olivia Munn, who I can't stand. Bobby Moynihan, who has some real creative differences <laughs> with a piece of toast. Uh, Judy Greer, who I'm indifferent towards. Will Forte, who uh, I'm basically indifferent towards. Simon Pegg, who, <laughs> if this is what he has to do, it seems like his career is on the decline. And uh, Andy Samberg, who is inexplicably here for some reason. He must have owed somebody a favor. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm pretty ambivalent <laughs> to this movie. Like, I watched it. I chuckled a bit at some of the stupid sight gags and, like, references to American history. Like, whenever they fuck up the, the, the tavern known as Vietnam, yeah. and they're like, hey, we won Vietnam. And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple things that I was like, ha But like, for the most part, this movie's just irritating. There was one, exactly one joke in the movie, and it happens like right at the end that I was like, oh shit, that's pretty funny. Uh, and it's like, after, because like George and Martha Washington, uh, like they find out that like Martha's pregnant. Um, or it's like at the end they have their body or their body, their baby. Yeah. You distracted me with the, the <laughs> Superman thing. Yeah. Uh, cause they do have to save Martha. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end of it, like, like George Washington's holding the baby and he has to do like a speech. Uh, so he hands the baby to Martha and he's like, here, you take Denzel. And I was like, oh shit, it's Denzel Washington. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, they, they do that quite a bit with names. Like, uh, George's full name is George Bon Jovi Washington. <laughs> and, like, those are funny as, like, quick little one-off little gags. But, like, there's nothing that kind of sticks with you. Like, I watched this movie today yeah. and I'm already forgetting shit. Like, it almost feels like... I know you remember Sausage Party, but, like, it almost feels like they wanted to have that ending sequence 
where they had like all the founding fathers show up at the end uh, and look upon like what America currently is now. And then they wrote backwards. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like, hey, uh, we want to keep like uh, the purge episode of Rick and Morty. Like that that argument they have at the end where they eventually circle back to the fucking purge as a way of uh, life after be- being like, hold on, the fucking purge is a nightmare. Like, it felt like that kind of a thing. And there was, you know, five times as much shit in front of uh, it instead of, you know, a 22 minute episode of a television show. Yeah. I don't know. I thought this was... uh terribly terribly unfunny and uh i wish i could smack bill right in the face all right so a drive from columbus ohio to buffalo new york is four hours and 40 (laughs) minutes uh the cheapest flight you can get is about 74 dollars so there's all the information you need i'll think about it I will think about it. And I know how I know how Bill's going to respond to that in Discord when he hears the episode. He's like, oh, shit, you're going to visit me. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I'm trying to think if there's anything hilarious that I, I actually like really laughed at. Because, I mean, other than like, hey, let's make fun of American history and all the shit that happens. No, like, I, yeah, I chuckled a bit like there, there's a bit of sensible chuckle monthly in there but you know yeah nothing laugh out loud funny and i just kind of played on my phone the whole time i was very disinterested to this movie so much so that i missed the denzel joke at the end of the movie (laughs) yeah it's not a not a great movie yeah so uh considering that you actually made it through the whole time and didn't give up after 40 minutes even though that was probably the correct move what would you give it Uh, two. Uh, yeah, I'm also going two in Hythe. Just because, like, I'm ambivalent, but I also know that I don't like this movie, and I will never watch it again. So, fuck you, Bill! (laughs) I did, uh, actually, because, like, I had started it before, because, like, fucking everybody, for some reason, was like, hey, this movie's funny. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. But, uh, so, like, I already had some progress on it. Picked it up right from where I left off. Oh, there you go. Didn't need to go back and revisit anything. I was like, yeah, it's, you, didn't, you know, You didn't miss stupid. anything. Yeah. Andy Samberg is Benedict Arnold, though. Did not expect that. It did not sound anything yeah. like him. So, actual good voice acting from him, I will say. Yeah. Suppose that's true. Also, I called Killer Mike from a mile away, even though I was like, okay, it's either Killer Mike or 50 Cent. But then there was a bunch of Run the Jewels in the soundtrack. I'm like, oh, it's definitely Killer Mike. Oh, shit. Well, I'll never get this time back, so. Um, <laughs> it's true. I'm I'm one day closer to the grave. Uh, what are we doing next week, Dan? All right, well, next week on the show, hopefully we got some good shit. We have a uh, main review topic of The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. And I believe we're going to have Sam Hurley, boy, from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs to join us for that. But I need to confirm with him. So basically, as soon as this episode's over, I think you DM him and then schedule. Because uh, that actually comes out uh, yesterday as you were listening to this episode. So we have all fucking week to schedule that boy. Uh, and nice. Th- and then... 
Uh, our second thing will be another patron request to review for What Keeps You Alive from Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. I have only seen the opening like image when I'm sifting through my queue uh, for that because I saved it to my queue almost immediately. So, yes, uh, that is actually on Netflix, and I'm very excited that we, we don't have to torrent something to watch something that Paul gives us. Awesome. Uh, well, you can find everything about the show at NetflixandSwill.com, your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Mm -hmm. And thank you to Space Weather for producing our theme song, Bitter, which is how I feel about what they did to my boy Pittsburgh. <laughs> and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.